Up next on Inside the SCCA, Formula SAE. My guests today, Jonathan Leifman and Amani Goman. They are members of the University of Southern California Formula SAE team. Jonathan is the president of the team and one of the drivers. Amani is the quality assurance lead. Next year, she will be the chief engineer. Guys, thanks for joining me. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, thank you. So, so I got connected to you guys through Austin Varco. Uh, he's been uh, on the show a couple of times, and uh, when we were talking the first time, he mentioned that he was part of the Formula SAE program at USC. So uh, I asked him to connect us all together, and one of my best friends growing up was a Formula SAE member or teammate or whatever the terminology is at uh, one of the University of Wisconsin schools. Uh, my best friend's son was a Formula SAE uh, driver and engineer. At at the time, it was New York Poly. That's now NYU Polytechnic. Uh, so he and he's now a naval aviator. So you know you can get from Formula SAE to a lot of different places, and uh, and and so I just wanted to kind of do a little deep dive into what Formula SAE is. And since I have uh, a great connection to you folks, we figured we'd take and do it this way. So. Uh, welcome, and and so I guess we should start really from the basics because as a club member, I knew that there was a connection between Formula SAE and and the club, but I wasn't exactly sure how it worked. And because I have some friends who were a part of it, I, I actually knew how the Formula SAE part of it worked. But I'm, I'm assuming that maybe some of our, our listeners don't. So what is Formula SAE? Let's start with that. So Formula SAE, very basically, is a competition between uh, schools across the nation, actually around the globe, where every year you design, build, and compete in a tube-frame Formula-style car, typically powered by a motorcycle motor. Cool. And and as I understand it, y'all build a new car every year, right? Correct. So what happens to the old car? Because I want one of those old cars. (laughs) um and i mean it varies in past years um we've done what we call cannibalizing the car where uh we take some parts or some features of the previous car and slap it on the new one um by formula sae rules the one thing that does have to be completely brand new is the space frame okay um so we do make a new space frame every year but Sometimes, I mean, we'll uh, reuse the engine or we, we'll reuse the radiator um, or things like that. But this year, we've decided to not cannibalize our last year's car, and we're going to be using that car um, as a test day car for drivers to get more practice oh, cool. in driver training. Cool. So I, I'm, I'm looking behind you. I see the new space frame. Is that next year's space frame or is that this year's space frame? So that would be this year's space frame for the competition in June. Okay. Okay. So what is the kind of the schedule for for where you compete? Now, there are different types of competitions, I know. There's an electric competition. There's a competition with the motorcycle motors. um, uh, And and so what's your schedule? What, What are you participating in? So, yes, you're correct. Uh, within FSAE, there's a couple different classes. Um, there's the Formula Baja, the uh, electric vehicles, the internal combustions, 
um, and so on and so forth. So we are part of the internal combustion category. Got it. Um, yeah. And so our timeline, um, I mean, each school does it a little bit differently, but uh, here at USC, the way that we like to split up our season is by fall and spring semester. And so during the fall semester, that's when we do all of our design projects. Um, so we come up, it's kind of like any commercial vehicle um, company would, where you look at the last model, you see what could be improved. Um, and of course you take into account manufacturing time, cost, et cetera. Um, and then you, we do like project proposals and the chief engineer approves them. And then we do simulation testing, et cetera, in the fall semester. And then in the spring, we actually go ahead and manufacture those designs. Um, and at some point we have what's called a design freeze where it's a approved uh, finished design and we have all of the validation for it um, in terms of engineering validation. And then we go forth in spring and start the building process. So at, in the SCCA, we typically buy a production car or get one out of a junkyard, put a roll cage in it and go racing, excuse me. And, or we go buy a Formula Ford or a Formula V or, or something that's already been built by another manufacturer. You know, myself in particular have always dreamed of like, what if I could build a car from the from the ground up? You know, I'm not a, um, uh, a, a dainty individual and and formula cars aren't made for guys like me. You know, so I always thought, you know, wouldn't it be kind of cool to build a Formula Ford or a Formula V that was a little more hefty, shall we say? <laughs> um, but it's like a dream. I'm like, I, I, I guess I would kind of know how to start, but I wouldn't know a lot of that. But you guys get to do that idea kind of every single year. Is there something you do differently or do the rules change a little every year to make it a different challenge so that, you know, you have to push yourself a little bit? So the rules do change a little bit from year to year. It's usually clarifications to the rules where one team gets away with something a little different from what they really wanted the rules to be. So they sort of push back against it. Uh, a couple of years ago now, I don't remember how long ago, there was a big change. They went from the maximum internal combustion size being 600cc to 710cc. And that was a big, a big to do. Um, but more or less, I think the rules are so open outside of a handful of safety uh, features and things that are to limit the maximum power you can produce that there's pretty much no talk to the development. So it's always about going back to the drawing board and saying, where can we get that last 10th? And if that's figuring out a way to get a, an extra degree of camber in, we figure out a way to do that. If that's redesigning the entire car to lose 20, 50 pounds, that's what we do. So I'm looking at a picture on your website. Um, I, I think this is one of your, your, um, uh, advisors sitting in one of the cars. <laughs> it it looks a little like for SCCA folks. It looks a little like a, a Formula Five Hundred um, with a whole ton of arrow. So it's got a front wing on it. It's got a rear wing that uh, looks somewhere between a World of Outlaw and an IndyCar wing. Um, and it, it's it's hefty that wing. I will say. Um, and but but you know I would blink an eye and go oh that that could be a Formula Five Hundred car so that's kind of what we're talking about with what you guys are working on. Um, what's the connection because I because it's the inside of the SCCA podcast and people are kind of wondering why are we talking about Formula SAE? What's the connection between SCCA and Formula SAE? I think the simplest answer is SCCA really helps with the management of the actual competitions. 
they help to run the actual events. And I think the biggest thing, in my opinion, would be also design the courses, truly make it something that is race car friendly. Um, and then also there's a lot of connections between people who are members of the SCCA being design judges. Uh, I think uh, Carol Smith held that position at one point in time as being both SCCA member and the big team part of the uh, FSA program. Sure. And, and I think that if, if anyone in the club who does autocross, uh, Formula SAE, is, that's where a lot of teams go and do their thing. And I know there's a, uh, at the SCCA Solo Nationals, uh, there is an, a Formula SAE class there. And I'm guessing you're, you're able to go to any solo SCCA event and participate. Is Definitely. that where you guys – go ahead. We have, haven't looked into all the details yet, but it does look like that's something that we can do. And it's something that we've really been pushing for, trying to aim to do in the near future to compare cool. ourselves with other cars. Very cool. Very cool. So and 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 so that was the connection that I, I learned about. I, SCCA Foundation uh, is the charitable arm of the club. And I knew they do have some scholarships and programs and they try to help out uh, also. So there's that connection. So when you give money to the SCCA Foundation, some of that money could potentially be going to a Formula SAE club around the country. Uh, and, and so that's kind of a cool thing there. So, so, so tell us a little bit how your team is set up from, you know, the design to, you know, do you have like 800 people who sign up to want to drive the car every year? You know, how does that work? So, um, we do have, uh, quite, a, quite an established structure. Uh, so we have team leads and then we have general members. So, um, just like any commercial car uh, company does, we have uh, subsystems and within those subsystems, we have sub teams. So we have an aero team, a chassis team, vehicle dynamics, which is included in the chassis um, and frame as well. And then we also have the powertrain and drivetrain team. Um, and then we have electronics. So, you know, we have different sections of the car and each of those sub teams uh, has a team lead. And that team lead is responsible for coming up with those projects that we mentioned earlier and um, going forth with all of the design and the engineering validation, simulation, testing, et cetera. Um, and then we also have the chief engineer and we have the president um, who does a lot of the uh, business aspect of it um, because we do have a budget. <laughs> so Jonathan here actually takes care of that. Um, so most members will sign up at the beginning, but just like any uh, collegiate <laughs> club, we do get kind of a drop off in members uh, throughout the year, but team leads are quite dedicated. Um, and then in terms of drivers, I think Jonathan could tell you more about that. Yeah, so the drivers, I think something that we have that's really cool is it's more like a traditional uh, racing team where the drivers are also the engineers. You know, it's not just the person who put in the car to, you know, be the monkey that turns the steering wheel, but really someone who understands the car front to back. Um, Everyone always wants to drive the car and we try to make it as open as possible so everyone can learn the whole process. A lot of people come in knowing not much about cars, not much about racing, and they come out knowing every single thing about trail breaking the line, how to get the weight transfer just right. Uh, and then at the end of the day, the fastest people get the seat. Sure. Well, that's the way it should be, right? <laughs> so it sounds like to me, you know, my my romantic side of me said it's just a bunch of gearheads getting together college build a race car and go racing but it does sound like it and, and i don't know if all the colleges do their teams the same way 
but the way you describe it sounds very real world, you know, so it's giving you the real world experience to either go to Ford or GM or Honda or wherever um, and get a job there. And you kind of understand the environment and how a system works that way. Oh, or you could go to Charlotte and join a NASCAR team or Indianapolis and join an IndyCar team. Or, you know, you could go to the Pantheon of, of motorsports and head over to Europe and, and go Formula One racing. Um, so it sounds like there's a lot of, of planning into the idea of how you do things so that when you graduate, if I know, Jonathan, you're going to be weird and go become a lawyer. But <laughs> but but when you graduate and if engineering's your thing, you're going to have that to put on your resume and you're going to walk through the door of wherever you walk through the door, whether it's cars or something else with an idea of how, how the systems work, right? Yeah, that's exactly correct. And, um, you know, me as a student who wants to go into motorsports after I graduate, uh, FSA is like one of the best things that's happened to me in college because, I mean, it's more about just putting it on the resume. I understand so much more than, I than academics alone would have given me. I mean, um, I understand like what I like to call a global view of things. So, you know, about the manufacturing process, you know, what, 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 um, what would you make to make the manufacturing process cost less or, you know, go by quicker. Um, and then you also understand the design process, what makes a good design. Um, and you get a lot of feedback from mentors. Um, I know the SCCA is really big on mentoring students and giving this sort of opportunity to students uh, to be able to get this real world experience. Um, so that's pretty cool. But yeah, actually, a lot of uh, motorsport companies um, were very grateful because a lot of motorsport companies like to come to USC to, pre to present themselves and um, kind of, you know, give us internship opportunities. Um, we have one student on the team currently who is about to be interviewed soon for um, Honda Racing. So that should be pretty cool. We have another student alumni who is also working at HPD right now. And um, I am very grateful to have an internship with NASCAR this summer, actually. So it does definitely allow us to understand a little bit more about the real world before we get in there. So are you going to intern with the series itself or with a particular team? No, with the series itself, yeah. Cool. So you're going to spend the summer in Charlotte? Yes. <laughs> Very cool. And, and you know, folks probably know this, but here in Southern California, HPD is in Valencia. They're just north of us here. I believe Toyota Racing Development is in the area. There's so many motorsports-related industries. I know that people always kind of think of Charlotte and Indianapolis, but out in Southern California, it's, it's a huge industry out here. Um, and, and so, and I'm sure there are opportunities at other colleges also, um, but that's one of the things that, uh, that we take advantage of, or you could take advantage of here and, and get those opportunities. That's pretty cool. Um, uh, you mentioned something, and we're going to touch on that in our second half hour, uh, about mentoring programs and, and we're going to talk about how, uh, possibly we can get some of these Formula SAE students from around the country involved on our, in our club races and stuff like that. So, so, so what is the, to walk us through, I mean, let's not walk around your shop because it's a podcast, nobody will know, but I, I you, you were pointing out to me a little bit before you've got what this room here, which has got your, your weld room and all this kind of stuff. So tell us, cause I got to tell you, I got shop envy. Okay. I got serious shop envy and I'm just looking at one little room of the shop. So, so tell me about the facility that you get to work out of. Yeah. So we have, I'd say three spaces sort of all put together. Um, we're part of something called the Baum Family Makerspace that they just put together here, which is supposed to be sort of your machine shop of the campus where students can go in and learn 
everything you need to, to actually machine something. We have all the big tools you think of. You have a CNC lathe, a Haas machine, where you can, like I said, create almost anything you can think of. Um, then we have, apart from that, our own space with all of your normal sort of hand tools, types of things you find around your electric saws to just your typical ratcheting wrenches. Uh, and then we have our final space, which is our dynamometer room slash welding room. Uh, and here we can just hook it up to our own personal dyno and really tune the engine to its maximum potential, uh, as well as weld the frame here in-house, thankfully now inside in a closed space, so we we'll no longer have wind messing with our welds, um, but yeah. You have your own dyno. Yeah. <laughs> people yeah, people at home can't that. see, but they said, our dynamometer space, and I'm just shaking my head like, they have their own dyno. <laughs> that is so, so cool. So the car that I'm looking at, or any of the cars, how much of it do you go and like, you know, go to Amazon and, and buy a part that goes on the car? And how much of it starts with a block of metal or a block of aluminum and turns into a part? I would say if I had to put an estimate on it, 80% of the car is like from scratch. I mean, okay. there are a couple components that we do go out and buy. So, for example, our shocks, those are Olin's FSAE shocks. Um, so those are not manufactured by us, um, as well as, I mean, the engine itself, that's a Yamaha R6, but it is, okay. it is tuned. Um, we do have our own tune on it and, um, a couple other components like our wheels. Um, we have uh, Hoosier wheels, so a couple items, but most of it is, is totally manufactured by us, which is really cool. So how does... So if you come in as a, as a freshman, let's say, and join the organization, is it just kind of like anything else where that's your year to kind of observe and learn, and then as you go through the years, you get to be more hands-on and more involved? Or as a freshman, do you just get to jump right in and get going? I'd say it's a little bit of both. We definitely don't say this is your probation year where you stand around and watch. Um, I think it's in your first year you are more part of a project where you have a more senior member on, and you learn sort of the tricks of the trade. And sometimes that is – helping to design a part on the computer, or perhaps a simpler one. Um, and sometimes that's just someone says, torque this bolt to this uh, this amount. Um, but there is no hard cap. Just if, as soon as you're involved, we sort of try to help you get to do whatever you want to do. And if you want to do something, we get you the skills you need. So are you dealing with any exotics as far as, you know, metal, you know, are you doing titanium? Are you doing what kind of... What are you doing on this car that I'm going to see on a street car or on a race car down the road? Is it, you getting a chance to do any of that kind of stuff? Um, yeah, I think one of the coolest things that we did in that sort of respect was taking advantage of uh, CAD computer aided design to do topology, which is essentially where we let the computer work its magic and tell us how to make something as light as possible while still being as structurally sound as we need it to. Uh, right now, we've applied that to our differential mounts and our uh, one, yeah our sprocket, um, but we hope to be able to continue to do that for weight savings as we go down uh, future developments. Our headers too are titanium, so that's pretty cool. Very cool, <laughs> very cool. So on this particular car, I see two what looks like USC water bottles. Are those catch cans? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> very cool. Very cool. That's the only thing I can see under the little uh, under that massive wing in the back. So, um, I, does the, do the rules are they open enough to allow you to do a lot of aerodynamic work? Is there you know are you doing ground effects, downforce, all that kind of stuff as well? Yes. Yeah. Definitely. So our aero package is um, it's 
I wouldn't say it's fully redesigned every year, but there is some components that are redesigned. Um, and so we run simulations in um, a CFD, a, a computational fluid dynamics software called Star CCM. And so um, we go ahead and how Jonathan was mentioning earlier, we use uh, computer aided design to create a model of our aero package. And then uh, we run that model in the CFD program to see how much downforce we're getting um, and things like that. And then how we can also relate that to the vehicle dynamics of the car. So you make a new car every year. Obviously, you all have only been in the program for three or four years. How long has the program been in, in, in existence? How um, far back? For the FSA competition as a whole, I believe it goes back to the 80s. Okay. Uh, for our team, we go back to uh, the late 90s. Got it. Got it. So do you ever produce a car and you take it out there and just realize it's just junk? <laughs> Well, it's our baby, so we can't. We don't have the heart to call it junk. But, but I mean, uh, last year actually, we we spent so much time producing this car, and um, we went out to competition. And so you have to pass uh, three main tests to be able to compete. So there's a sound test to make sure that your engine is right. uh, below 103 decibels. Wow, 103. For us, it's usually like 95. So you guys get a little <laughs> special dispensation because you're college students. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then we have um, a leak test. So basically, they put you, it's like a tilt test. Um, they put your car on like a big tilt machine and then tilt you a certain degree to see if you have any leaks. And then there is the... Um... So no British car would ever pass that test. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's difficult for us to trust me. Um, and then we have the last test, which is the brake test. And so you have to bring the car up to about, I believe it's 30 or 35 miles an hour in a straight and then uh, brake and all four wheels have to lock. And so last year we had spent this whole season making this car and then we got out to competition and we ran the brake test 19 times and we never got all four wheels to lock. So <laughs> we, unfortunately we didn't get to compete, but I mean, we were all still really proud of the work that we did. But I mean, things like that do happen every sure. couple of years. Yeah. So how how competitive is it between the schools? I mean, uh, is it is there bragging rights? Is there trash talking? What's what what's what's the competition like? So uh, when when you can't pass the brake test, does UCLA does their team go? Ah, <laughs> they didn't pass the the brake test. Um, I think it's really just a really cooperative environment. I think people all understand how intense it is to even get a car out, let alone have something that can win. But at the same time, I think every single team has so much pride when they go out there and do very well. Um, there also are also a lot of competitions, a lot of dynamic events. There are four uh, in total. So you get your little bragging rights here and there when you do really well in just one of the events. So, you know, it's really a balance of both, where you're out there to win. You're not out there just to, uh, to participate, but also everyone understands you can just show up some days and something could just not go right. And maybe it just like luck of the draw that it happened to that team. Yeah, that's true. I mean, with that being said though, just like any other racing series, there is usually some trend um, of, you know, which schools finish first <laughs> or finish in the top five, I would say. Um, it sounds a lot like club racing and like <laughs> yeah. all racing, honestly, because I've been involved in motorsports from a lot of different levels. And, we're all a family in the end. I mean, we really are. 
And I have as much fun now just hanging out at the track on a Saturday night after everything's done with all the people who love cars as I do with the competition side of things. So, and, and I completely get it. I kind of threw that out there as more jokingly than anything else, but, but I do understand, you know, college rivalries and all that kind of stuff. And I'm sure that in the back of your mind, y'all want to finish in front of UCLA. I get it. I get it. Um, and I'm sure that, you know, the teams in Wisconsin, all want to beat the other teams in Wisconsin where I came from. So, um, that's, that's pretty cool. So all right, this is a good time. Let's take a quick break. Uh, when we come back, I want to talk a little bit more about some of the other facilities you've got there. And I also want to talk about how maybe we can get some of the formula SAE participants to come out on race weekends with us and, and, and find a place for y'all to come and play. So we'll do that when we come back. This is inside the SCCA. I'm Brian Belansky. I'm Dorsey Schrader, and when I'm on my way to Embrace, I'll listen to the SCCA podcast inside the short bus. When I need numbers for my autocross time trial or road race car, I go to autocrossdigits.com. Christian and his crew offer top quality magnetic and vinyl numbers. Their website is easy to navigate. The prices are great, and most orders ship in four business days. If you need numbers for your car, check out autocrossdigits.com. Tell them the podcast guy sent you. We're back. This is Inside the SCCA. My guests are Jonathan Leifman and Amani Goman. So where are you at right now with your build for this year? What 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 where what stage are you in? Who's working on what? What are the problems you've run into so far? Uh, okay, well, I guess I will say that um, right now, we, so we are in the manufacturing part of our of our um, build. I mean, all the design has been finished. Um, so we have the frame just about done here. Uh, we have a couple more seams left uh, to weld. And after that, it would be 100% complete. Uh, we need to go get our um, exhaust headers. Those we we don't weld ourselves because it's titanium and we the students here only learn steel and some uh, aluminum welding. Um, and then once those headers are in and the engine's in, then we start populating the car with all of the other um, subsystems. So our next goal is rolling chassis, like what we, what we like to call it. And so that includes uh, the wheel package and the steering column um, and the frame completed with the engine inside of it. Um, and then after that, we our aero package actually right now is just about finished. We have one more layup for uh, the rear wing and that's about it after that. And we just start getting all of the parts together. Um, currently we have our, uh, what we call our inboard brackets. It's basically where the pickup points um, of the suspension or the wheel package, I'm sorry, um, mount two, those are being manufa manufactured right now. They're being machined. Um, so as soon as we, we have a bunch of parts being machined currently. So as soon as we get all of those back, then we can start putting them on the car. So now on, on a pro race team, you have a front end team, a front end, you know, unit, you've got a rear end team, you've got a motor team, an aero team. Is that kind of how you set up your system where, you know, at the start of the year, people get kind of assigned to a different team to work on a different part of the car. And, and that's how, how things work. Uh, well, we like to let our members choose what their, what their interests are. Okay. Um, so, I mean, it, it's not something rigid where we assign right. necessarily, okay. but you know, a member will come in and we'll ask them, Hey, th you know, these are all of our, our subsystems and all of our sub teams, you know, what are you interested in most? And so we have uh, what we call weekly shop hours where each team, uh, each sub team will come into the space about twice a week, uh, two hours each, each time. 
and work on the various projects that they have and, you know, move forward with the manufacturing. And so we tell, you know, new members that join, go ahead and visit all of the shop hours and see what you find most interesting. Um, and then, you know, some, we call them sub-team surfers. Some members will just kind of, they'll float around and if they find all parts of the car interesting, they'll work on uh, all subsystems. Or if they really like chassis, they'll stick with chassis. It just depends. So when is this car going to hit the track hopefully first? Is it, you said June? Yeah, so the first we're going to do test days with it, obviously. So our goal is uh, early, middle of May. We're going to get on the track and then hopefully pretty much every single weekend get it out there and tune it as much as we can. And and where do you go to do that? Predominantly, we go to Willow Springs Raceway Okay. on the uh, drift pad or the balcony that they okay. have. And, and they let you guys come up there whenever you want to and do that? That's pretty cool. Yeah, pretty much. It's awesome. Yeah, we've been really fortunate. They let us go up there, and then we just set up our cones and, uh, and test away. So uh, I, I envision so, – so how many – how many clubs, how many universities do you know? I think we talked about this earlier before we got started rolling. Um, how many groups around the country are there doing Formula SAE? I believe around 100. Okay. Um, but keep in mind, this is also an international competition. I know SCCA is really focused on the U.S. Sure. But you have teams from all over also coming to the U.S. to compete in this category as well. And they fly their cars over or they sh- ship them over somehow to get them here? Yeah. Wow, that's <laughs> hardcore. That cannot be inexpensive. <laughs> um, so what? what I, the reason I ask that question is because I, I I look at you folks and I wonder why I never see you at our races. And I want to find a way to get you guys to come out and see what we do and, and um, you know, possibly find a team that we've got who might need an extra. Well, first of all, every SCCA team, almost every SCCA team needs an extra set of hands. <laughs> and and one with an engineering background who's who's actually worked on building a race car cannot be something anyone would turn down. So so I'm trying to figure out how we can, you know, our clubs can our individual regions can find ways to reach out to the Formula SAE teams in their area and say, hey, you know, we've got a race this weekend. You guys want to come out and check it out? Yeah, I think all the teams would gladly hop on that opportunity. Um, I know we have members who come in just because they're potentially interested in the engineering part of it, maybe they want to check it out. And by the time they're in their third or fourth year, they have cars flying out of their head pretty much. That's all I can think about. They're the biggest F1 fans, biggest racing fans, and they're just looking for opportunities to get involved. So honestly, if you just email the racing team and say, we're the local SCCA chapter, we have a race. We'd love it if you'd come out and see what we're doing. People would immediately snatch at that opportunity. And I would suggest even, you know, race teams out there, yes. you know, it doesn't have to be the, the region. If, if you, you know, want an extra crew member on your team, you know, find your local Formula SAE team, the closest one to you. And um, you guys have a great website. I'm, I'm assuming that a lot of the schools have similar websites or Facebook pages or whatever. Uh, I can only imagine that reaching out would, would probably get you 100 people who'd want to show up on a Saturday and help you all help out. So uh, that's, that's pretty cool. Um, uh, so, so I'm not going to get into why you're going to be a lawyer, but, but, <laughs> but um, Amani, what, what are your future goals? I know you're going to go do an internship at NASCAR. What, what, what is the next 10 years of Amani's life look like? <laughs> um, so definitely in motorsport. I mean, something that I've learned um, in my four years here at USC is that you know, sometimes you come in with a goal and a plan and then things don't turn out the way that you thought they would be. And, you know, that's not always a bad thing necessarily. I think that 
there's a lot of opportunity um, here being a part of FSAE and, and being here in Southern California. And uh, I mean, my vision has changed a little bit. Uh, I definitely want to go into motorsport for sure. Um, definitely working with NASCAR. Um, I've also considered, you know, being an engineer for F1. I think that would be really cool. Um, but definitely an engineer in motorsport. And uh, my particular interests are um, vehicle dynamics and aerodynamics. So hopefully something with designing aero packages or wheel packages or suspension. We just did a whole uh, podcast on women on track. And, you know, women in motorsports is something that we need a whole lot more of. And I applaud that completely. So when you sat down with mom and dad and said, hey, I'm going to go to USC and I'm going to be an engineer. I'm sure they were cool with that. But then you told them, I think motorsports is where I want to go. How'd that conversation go? <laughs> um, I mean, you know, to be honest, they didn't really say much. I mean, my parents are very supportive and very lucky. Um, but, you know, my brother, he is super, super into motorsport as well. Um, and so I think, you know, uh, every Sunday dinner, my brother and I will just talk my parents' ears off about <laughs> motorsport. So I think they didn't really have a choice. I think they're like, okay, yeah, like these two really like motorsport and that's how it's going to go. But um, I mean, as long as, you know, I'm doing my engineering and I'm happy, I, I think they're cool with whatever I do. <laughs> my dad yeah. likes cars too. So that's a plus. Awesome. Fantastic. Yeah. All right, so I'm done picking on you, Jonathan. I know you're going to go be a lawyer, but what's your motorsports future look like when you get done at USC? I mean, honestly, my dream is to still be involved at a professional level with uh, racing. I would love to be on the management side of potentially a racing organization. Uh, but for me, I've been racing since pretty much as long as I can remember. Uh, earliest memories are just being out of the track underneath the car. So you'll probably just see me out there on the weekends trying to get as much out of seat time as possible. So mom or dad, are they racers? Is that how you got that interest? So it's a little bit of a weird story. Uh, my grandfather raced uh, an MGTD and uh, Jaguar XK120 way back when. He convinced my dad not to race. And then we convinced my dad that we meet my brother and I that we should race again. Um, a, one cool thing that I'll add to it is we recently learned part of it was that because our great grandfather was running moonshine for Al Capone. And that's how my grandfather got into racing cars. <laughs> that's great. That's great. So um, as we get ready to kind of wrap things up here. Um, oh, that was a question that came to mind. And I'm glad it just came. So how do you all pay for all of this? A lot of very generous sponsorships. Uh, I'd say about a third of it is directly through USC, a third to a fourth. Um and then from there, it's going around to just local shops, local businesses and saying, do you want to help out in what we're doing? A lot of it is people who are manufacturing these massive amounts of whatever. And we say, that scrap you have lying around, we can build our entire car with that scrap of metal. Can we just take it from you? They're like, yes, please. We have to pay less money in getting rid of it now. Yeah, um, so, so do you have to pick up the phone and call manufacturers? Call. I mean, I'm looking at the side of the car. I see Boeing. I see Ford, I see SKF. Um, what else do I see here? Cobra Welding Systems. Do, uh, is this, you know, is that part of your job as president? And do you have a, do you have a couple of people who are doing all that? Yeah, we have a business team that supports me, which is amazing. Um, but at the basic level, it is just cold calling, cold emailing people and saying, hey, have you considered sponsoring an FSAE team? Cool. If I wanted to do 
you know, if I had a business and and had some money to get rid of, I mean, to to put to a really good cause, um, h- how do we get a hold of your folks and and help out? What what you know? How does that work? Well, plug us for a second, which is go to our website, which is USC Formula SAE, uh, or you can email us directly at sceracer at usc.edu. Where the same is going to go for every university. There is going to be someone in charge of finances. And if you email their general account, they'll say, yes, please. We'd love to talk to you about uh, building a good partnership. Cool. And, and, and I would be willing to bet that if you went to anybody who went to a college that has an engineering program, probably has a, 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 a Formula SAE team. And, and you know, when you get all those, I get these letters from Winona State University alumni because they think as soon as you graduate, you're rich and they want you to write checks. You know, forget about that letter. Find the Formula SAE team and give them a little bit of love um, because that's what we do here. We, we love cars and we like to go have fun with that and, and all that kind of thing. Anything we should have talked about that we haven't? I mean, I just I, I love you guys's um, uh, enthusiasm and you're you're clearly smarter than I am, which is great. I've I accepted that a long time ago. And um, but but I love making things. And, you know, as much as I love to drive, I actually enjoy building more than, than driving. So um, uh, but I don't have any engineering background. I'm self-taught. You know, I, I, I went to the school of hard knocks and 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 scrape knuckles and i have a lot of bruises and scars from that experience um but i just i love all of what you guys are doing and i think it's fantastic yeah thank you it's been one of the most rewarding experiences i've had uh i was also the first and only car i built from scratch and then been able to drive which is amazing you can come out and say i know how all these parts go together and i'm gonna make it better for the next time we go out uh so it's an absolutely amazing experience so now here's where I put you guys in a corner. Uh, I, I want to come and visit. I want to see the car. I want to, you know, c- can you let outsiders come and check it all out? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Most definitely. If you just email us with the preferred time and day, we'll give you a tour of our race shop. Cool. And you can take a look at our car and ask us all the questions you have. <laughs> so cool. I, I want to come out on a day when you're actually working on it so I can just see how you guys work and and uh, and meet all the people and and you know maybe I can learn something myself for for an hour of time so that would be, be very really very cool. cool so yeah all right it's he's Jonathan Leifman she's Amani Goman they are members of the University of Southern California Formula SAE team uh, they're gonna go and and kick UCLA's butt this year. <laughs> Um, now I'm going to have to have UCLA's team on because they're going to be upset with me. Um, but, but nonetheless, uh, great talking with you folks and, and good luck with everything. And I do want to check back in, maybe not do a full podcast, but have you on as a quickie just, you know, once you start competing and see how things are going and just kind of follow you all through the process. I think that would be really interesting and, and we could all learn from that. Yeah, we'd love that. Thank you so much for having us. We really appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of Inside the SCCA. Uh, if you like what you've heard here, you know, subscribe, leave a comment, especially if it's a good one. If it's a bad one, put it on someone else's podcast page. You can follow us on social media, uh, find out who our next guest is, leave a question. Uh, there, are, We are on Twitter. It's RacingWireNet. There's a new Inside the SCCA every week. I am Brian Belansky. Have yourself a fantastic weekend. Stay safe and go play with cars. Inside the SCCA is a presentation of the Racing Wire Podcast Network and Rural 15 Productions. This podcast is not affiliated with, endorsed, or sponsored by the Sports Car Club of America. 
The views expressed within are those of the host and our guests and not that of the SCCA.